welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. I just want to um, talk about this issue of being born again because I think I think we don't address it, and I think it gets really confusing when we talk about um, kind of grace and we talk about. Um, the fact that everybody, Jesus died for all men and all men are drawn to him. And, you know, Phil used all these um, verses to, that people use to justify um, universal salvation. And, you know, when we teach grace, we, we teach a lot about, you know, all, you know, all men died when Jesus died. It's true, the Bible says that. And uh, Jesus forgave the sins of the whole world. It's true. And uh, I think sometimes if we're not careful, in my opinion, okay, this is my opinion. This is how I understand things. And um, I know that there are people who disagree with me. uh, And that's fine. You can disagree with me and you can tell me why I'm wrong and I'm really happy to reconsider. Um, but I can't understand things at the moment in any other way despite having heard other people make different arguments. Okay, so this is what I am telling you about what I think the Bible talks about and why um, we do have a gospel of good news. Um, but that you must be born again. Now, I'm not saying you must be born again or you go to hell. I'm not saying you must be born again or God doesn't love you. I'm not saying you must be born again or your sins aren't forgiven. I'm not saying any of those things. But what I am saying is, personally, I believe when you are born again, something changes. So I don't actually believe all men are equal, which is probably a bit shocking to some people because I know there are a lot of Christians teaching grace who teaching that... Uh, Jesus died for all men and therefore we're, we're completely equal. There's no us and them. There's no, and I absolutely agree, there is no us and them in those kind of terms that we were thinking about in the old days. Whereas, you know, I'm forgiven and you're not forgiven. I'm going to heaven and you're not going to heaven. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I do believe there is a really very good news of the gospel. And I think there was a purpose to the cross and that purpose is multifaceted there's lots of benefits to the cross but there's something that happens as a result of the cross that enables us to live life now and uh, Phil is really correct there's loads of verses that talk about you can live now on earth being alive and yet you're dead and um, we'll look at some of these verses but um, I think what Jesus came to give us was life and life abundantly and he came to give us eternal life and that eternal life that he came to give us happens already we are already in our eternal life so we are not gonna get eternal life once we've died we already have eternal life Uh, at some point in our eternal life at this moment in history our physical mortal body will die um, and then we don't know what it what will happen after that, but there are ages to come. Ephesians talk about in the ages to come. So there are, you know, there are things that happen. And, okay, I'm not going to go on and on about um, 
the, the, the Genesis account, but um, the, the, there was a, something happened to man, and you, it's what we call the fall of man, and I don't know whether you want to believe a literal Genesis or not a literal Genesis or whatever you want to believe, but there was an issue. Somehow there was an issue. And there's this issue that man could live and yet be dead at the same time. And that was the thing that God, God had said. You, you know, you, you will die. If you eat of the tree, you will die. There is something about our existence that you can physically, your heart be beating, and yet, according to God, it's death. And that there is that, that place that God saved us out of, of being alive and dead at the same time. So he restored us back to life. And I, how I understand this, okay, is that that is a spiritual issue. So God didn't disappear when, when Adam ate the apple, okay? God didn't say, right, you're on your own, guys. But there was something within the spiritual makeup of men that changed, I believe. That doesn't mean to say God didn't love people. It didn't mean to say that God, that they couldn't be good. It didn't mean to say anything. It just means that something shifted. And, and I, I believe that what God what Jesus came to do is restore man back to a spiritual union with him. And that is what life is. Life is this spiritual union where your spirit is joined with the spirit of God. And so it's, it's a really kind of simplistic view of, of things. But I believe there's enough evidence in the Bible Thessalonians that we are tripartite doesn't matter whether you don't believe we're tripartite or not you can believe we're two parts or one part or however many parts it doesn't really matter but this is how I see things uh, Thessalonians tells us that we are body soul and spirit anyway so I believe right I understand that man is made up of this we have a body that is our physical flesh it is what you can see and this body enables us to live on earth. So it is what we need to live on earth as human beings, okay? So it is made up of, of our senses, basically. So what are the senses? Do you understand what I mean by senses? Touch, taste, smell, sight. So this physical body is our equipment to live on earth because this, this earth has scientific laws, it has gravity, it has, you know, it has waves and electronics and, you know, it has electrons and light waves and whatever it has uh, and we need this body to live as human beings on earth. So this is our, our body. I've done this the wrong way around. <coughs> Sorry guys if you're drawing this. Change it the other way around. Sorry, Let's rip it out. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <coughs> the body's outside, right? <laughs> this is not science, right? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Tear out the page and start again. Okay. So, and then there's this part of us which is called the soul. Which is what? What do people say the soul is? 
mind, emotion, intellect, yeah, thoughts, the will. Okay, I mean, this is just simple. I'm sure if you want to read psycholo psychology and whatever, but this is <coughs> basically. And we have a spirit. And that's the part that I guess we can't really understand. And the Bible tells us that God is spirit. And so it's the, there is a part of, you know, there is a existence that is called spirit that our human body does not have the ability to sense, okay? So we don't have a spirit sense bud in our skin or in our eyes. We can't see it. We can't feel it. We can't... I'm not saying you don't have a sensation of the Spirit of God, but our body is not de not designed to detect the Spirit uh, in, a, in a bodily way, okay? Can some people see angels? Well, it seems that angels can present themselves in a bodily form somehow, and then we can see them. Um, but a lot of what we <laughs> feel about God and feel about the Spirit is, is actually by faith, isn't it? It's, it's a faith issue because we, you know, we, we believe that that's what it is. It's a, it's a faith issue. So we, our bodies just don't have this ability to function in the spirit realm in that way because we are designed to live on earth. And, and who knows what your spirit can do? Maybe it's six dimensions in the spirit world. I have no idea what it is. It's something beyond our understanding and our ability to comprehend it. But there is a part of our being that is spirit and we are made in the image of God and that we are we are partly this part of us that is spirit and I personally believe spirit is in eternal existence but do you think that, that God has a body as well but Jesus well he has Jesus yeah and Jesus has a I believe has a human body yeah. he is man yes can he have a body yes he can come to earth in a body yeah which is Jesus but at this present moment in time, God the Father, is he got a white beard and a white robe? I don't know. He, pop, he can, probably. He might have a six-dimensional existence. Or I mean, who knows? It doesn't... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. It might be an all-embracing kind of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who can... Who knows? Okay. Right. <coughs> I think spirits, the spiritual existence is eternal. That's why God is from before till, you know, from everlasting to everlasting. Um, so, so, you know, when, when you... This body obviously isn't eternal. It decays, doesn't it? Um, soul is interesting. I don't know. Do we be, are we the same people after we lose our body? I think probably yes. Yeah, so it's almost like, I've heard somebody say the soul is like a glove on the spirit. So it almost fits the spirit, but it has, a, it has an appearance. It looks like stuff, but who knows? There are things we can't understand, okay? So we're simplifying something to help us understand something. Now, this is where you might not agree with me, but this is what I understand. When God created mankind, I believe this spirit part of man was joined to God was Adam was made in the image of God and he had the spirit and I believe the, the loss at the fall was there was death so 
that there was a spiritual separation from God. So man was kind of left with a man spirit, a man soul, and a man body. In that existence, man can love God, they can enjoy God, they can worship God, they can do good things, they can be righteous, they can do all sorts of things, and God loves them. But there is this separation, if you want, from our spiritual existence. So we do not have inside us the spirit of God. And um, there's quite a number of um, scriptures about, you remember, I don't know whether we were talking about it the other day, but Jesus said to them, you know, you, you have to go away. This is in John uh, 16, I think. Sorry, I didn't. I just decided to talk about this when Phil was speaking, so I, you'll have to bear with me with the scriptures. So, um, no, we have a spirit. Yeah. Say again. Yeah, Jesus said, um, let me find it and then then it will uh, help you. Sorry, did I answer your question or not? So, okay, it's here. Let me remind myself. Do you remember there was this... Um, there was this... Um, story of... I know it's been a lot of teaching today, isn't it? Never mind, you can have a... You can have a quiet day. I think as man, as God created Adam, that's what I believe. And when God said, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. Clearly, they didn't drop dead, did they? Adam didn't drop dead as we know it. But there was something of a, 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 a separation between the spirit of God and the spirit of man. Okay. Um, that's okay. I'm going to tell you what the scriptures say. Okay. Okay. This is very simplistic. Okay. This is. Still breathe of God, and and it was still. There's not a separation in that. It, it's to do with our spiritual existence, as to who we are in the spirit. It doesn't mean God abandoned us. But anyway, I'm going to read the scriptures, and then after that, you can tell me what you think. Okay, so we're talking about John. Okay, and there's this story of the woman of Samaria where they're sitting uh, by the well and the, the woman of Samaria comes and Jesus is sitting there and he says give me a drink and there's all these cultural issues about it because she shouldn't have been out she was obviously a woman who was not accepted he, she shouldn't really be talking to a guy and, and so Jesus asks her for a drink and she's a Samaritan and that's not acceptable and he shouldn't be speaking to her because she's a Samaritan and uh, so it's John 4 verse 9. He said, The woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered her and said, If you knew the gift of God 
And who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And then she talks about the water. And then Jesus says to her in verse 13, Jesus answered her and said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become into him a fountain of everlasting life, springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. And then there's this whole issue about, he says, call your husband. And um, and then um, she didn't have one husband, and Jesus knew that. And, and then Jesus says, she talks about worship. She said, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know that we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, where true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Okay, so that's the scripture about um, God being spirit. Okay, so then if we skip to John seven. Okay, Verse, so John 7, verse 37. So there was this idea that there had been worship at the temple. There had been worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus was saying, there's a new time coming when you will worship in spirit and in truth. And then, so we're in John seven thirty-seven. It says, on that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And this um, was the festival in Jerusalem where they used to pour water out on the street and talk about the coming again of God. And um, so they're kind of in this, in this time where water is being uh, poured out and they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Okay. And it says, he who believes in me. Okay, so he who believes in me. As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Of this he spoke concerning the Spirit, so this is verse 39, the Spirit, capital S, whom those believing in him would receive. Okay, so it's those believing in him would receive. It's not everybody, it's those believing in him. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, what does glorified mean? Resurrected and gone up to heaven. So whatever you want to think about this, and whatever you, however you want to deal with it, whether you don't agree that you were separated at the Garden of Eden, whatever it is, there was an event that happened what, that Jesus said, the Holy Spirit has not yet been given, and it will be given to those who believe. It doesn't say it will be given to everybody after the cross. It says to those who believe. And um, so then... If you go to John 14, okay, so this is Jesus is preparing to be crucified and he's speaking to his disciples and um, he says, 
15. If you love me, John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Okay, so there was this thing about a helper that would abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So it says, that of course the Spirit of God is there. We know David had the Spirit of God come upon him and he did his psalms. And, and so in, in those days, the Spirit of God visited people. But, so the visit of, Spirit of God visited the prophets and they prophesied. And, and I'm sure David lived in that Spirit, which is why David prays, take not your Spirit away from me. That's why that prayer was there. Because he used to come and go and because there wasn't this indwelling of the Spirit of God. God. Um, but then Jesus is saying, when I'm glorified, when I'm glorified, something different is going to happen. There is going to be this indwelling of the Spirit of God. He says, the Spirit of God, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So that is the promise of what will, what will be. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And then... Um, John 16, um, is it 16, is it 15, okay, Very simple. <laughs> okay, so then there was this promise if you read in, in John 15, the helper will come and he will send of the Spirit. Um, okay, there's this one verse, let me. Here we go. So, John 16, it says, But now I go away. This is, sorry, John 16, 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So what he's saying is, Jesus is saying, look, guys, I'm going. And they were upset. Uh, and I'd be upset, to be honest, if I'd been hanging around with Jesus for the last three years. And then Jesus said, I'm, I'm going. And um, in verse 7, he says this amazing thing. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. I mean, how can that be? This guy can turn water into wine and heal the sick and cast out demons and walk on water and they must have this amazing roller coaster life with him. And he says, it's to your advantage? And I think, I don't think so, Jesus. That cannot be an advantage. He says, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And then there's this verse we know very well about when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, which we've talked about before. Okay. So there was this promise of the spirit and this promise of, of life and eternal life that necessitated Jesus being glorified. And it necessitated the transaction of the cross. 
whatever you want to think about that, we will talk about it again. But something happened at the cross that enabled the Spirit of God once again to dwell in man. Whereas before, that couldn't have happened. My personal understanding of that is that we were not owned by God at that time. We had to be bought back. We were legally and rightfully under the sway of the Satan, whatever you want to make of Satan. Um, And we had to be bought at a price. And God was not going to steal us because God is righteous. So you say, well, why didn't God just pour out the Spirit on all flesh? Why didn't he just make it easy and just, you know, pour out his Spirit back into everybody? And why? But the fact of the matter is there was something about the fact that we chose self-rule and self-will that that meant that we couldn't live for eternity in that way. So actually God couldn't dwell in us forever in our state of self, self. whether you want to put that in terms of Satan or not. But there was something about the fact that we couldn't live this eternal life with the eternal spirit of God. It completely intertwined with us and yet live that life eternally <coughs> not yet with the transaction of the cross um, and, and I believe a lot of stuff happened at the cross and I, I think if we're not careful we we make the cross of no effect because we start saying well it's not about justice and it's not about sacrifice and it's not about this and it's not about that but it is about all of those things because there was a transaction that had to happen there was a price that had to be paid there was a righteousness that had to be executed by God in order that he could legally and righteously take us back and join us with him in the spirit Satan because he is the ruler of this world he was just to Satan yeah yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't want, if you if you want to start saying there's no such a thing as Satan, there's no such a thing as this, then I struggle to understand why you need the cross. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is why I struggle. Yeah. Well, I, 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 God is spirit, and Satan, and I, I don't believe you can just make Satan into just our own self-will. But anyway, it doesn't. In a way, I can't explain it. I'm just saying this is how I see things. And if you want to say, well, that's, I don't see it that way, that's absolutely fantastic. But I actually, this kind of helps me to live a life that I think works. So I'm just telling you that yeah, that is, no, no, you know. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that's true. I think it's about justice to Satan because he was, we were rightfully his and the cost of our sin is death. So he rightfully had us, death being our separation in this intertwined spirit, you know, not cannot be separated. Um, And that's why the, the cross is an amazing, amazing victory because it just like double whammy Satan both ways. I mean, it's, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in this scenario, then Satan has real, 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 real power over non-Christians. Much more than what we've been talking lately well, about. Because they don't know the truth. Yeah. Or is he? Is he? Is he? Is he always just the lying 
He only has the power to lie. And I think that's why we've been given authority, which I know you guys don't like because it means you've got responsibility. But I think that's why we are the ones that bring heaven to earth. <laughs> we are the ones. <laughs> <laughs> because it seems that every time you say, you know, yes, you are the one that heals the sick, it's like, well, but I'm responsible then. But actually we are. We have a great mandate to bring heaven onto earth. And uh, it's a wonderful... Yeah. Yeah, and that's the wonderful thing about the gospel. That is why it is sit, walk, stand. It's why it is yeah. get to know who you are, live out of who you really are. And if that takes 20 or 25 years, great. But, that, but then you be who you really are. And who you really are is one who brings heaven to earth, one who can heal the sick, one who can... Yeah. That's who you really are. And that's the amazing thing. It's not heal the sick and do this and do that and then you're going to become who you really are. It's, it's the other way, other way around. It's okay. I mean, because I've, I've been messing with the cross lately. <laughs> Don't mess with the cross. Um, <laughs> and I'm just saying, then the, it, this means before the cross, Satan, did Satan ever have real power? Or was it just he was the ruler of this world. In fact, he still is the ruler of this world. But with a victory on the cross, yeah. his power ceased to... No, no, he was. He could only ever rule by deception, because man had access to God. Men could still believe, but they just didn't have this ability to to live out of the life of God in them. What, what, what ruler of the world is he if he doesn't have any power? I mean, he's, then he's an old fart. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is how if he's got no power, how he could possess people because that is actually taking over. Because people have a will. Well, sometimes you don't know you possess. No, I don't think that's the case. I think it is a willful thing. I don't believe people are possessed without any any action on their behalf. What about people that dabble though in the black magic? Well, like then that's action on their half, well, their behalf. They know it. They're not educated on it. That's why we preach the good news of the gospel. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's quite unfair that people get AIDS that don't know that AIDS exists. No, it just seems so. It is given in power. Even though it hasn't got any. That's it. just blows I'm not saying that. that yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, uh, yeah. I just, I'm just, I'm just putting it out yeah. there. I mean, I think from our point of view, he has no power. And I think the problem is, as Christians, we've taught that he has got power. Yeah. You know, we've thought it's a great wisdom to believe and teach on Satan and demons and think that they've got a load of power, but actually they've got no power at all. And, and now after the cross, they, I mean, he's defeated already. We can live in the victory of, of that. But actually he was always defeated. Well, if Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the earth, yeah, but I can't, we, I mean, you, you're getting into time, out of time, whatever, I can't. I, I give up. I surrender. <laughs> So, um, anyway, <coughs> this is what I think. This is how I understand what happened. Okay. Now, in the absence of having the Holy Spirit of God as an integral <coughs> part of our spirit, okay, this spirit man becomes like this, okay? We're not spiritual beings, are we, right? 
We don't get taught <coughs> at school how to be spiritual, how to prophesy, how to whatever. We get taught, you know, how to get our brains right, how to do well, how to manage our emotions. We don't live a spiritual life. So basically, I think what happened as a result of the fall is is the spirit part of man just became a very minor part of man's life. And that's why all our world systems are about this, body and soul. It's all about how do I get my body better? How do I improve my body? How do I look better? How do I feel better? How do I get more intelligent? How do I do this? How do I do that? And we, especially I suppose in our, in our Western culture, this, this spirit life of man just became dead really. I mean, it just became, you know, yeah, so what happens is we become expert at these two things. And we are absolutely brilliantly expert at, at all of these things. So you're expert at living in your emotion, living in what you feel, living in what you see, living in what you touch, living in, you know, so we've got all the sciences, we've got all the stuff, and, and they're good. But we, our life becomes body and soul, and that is who most of us become and that's what we train ourselves in and what we train ourselves in all sorts of things so it depends who you are maybe you're a person who lives on your emotions and that's who you are that's just who I am I'm just an angry person I'm just uh, you know or maybe I'm a, in my body I'm just self you know controlled and I'm just or I, I live in what I see or whatever but none of this none of this body and soul is faith so our our default uh, the way we live is not faith because faith is about the unseen it's about the un, what we cannot see. Faith is about what we can't prove by science. Faith is about, you know, what... And that's why many of us struggle with the concept of faith because this massive part of our life is, is not really faith. It's just body and soul. It's just natural, what you see, what... Yeah, all the things that we say, exactly. Get what you deserve, you know, what you see is what you get all this kind of stuff, all this worldly wisdom and everything. And, and as human beings, we live in this place and think that is normal life. And what happens, I think, when you believe, okay, is you get restored to this. So this is your little tiny spirit, man. This is God, Holy Spirit, whatever. And you have your soul in your body. Because Jesus promised that there would be this indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In 1, John, 1 Corinthians 6. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6 says... Um, 14. I'm going to read it all. 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. I love that verse. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. <laughs> Talk about that another day. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. And God raised up, uh, for God both raised up the Lord and will raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. So obviously Paul is addressing some issue of sexual immorality in the Corinthians. Okay. Do you not know 
that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her, for the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Okay, so if we're joined to the Lord, we are one spirit with him. This The earlier bit is talking about, um, you know, he's addressing an issue about sexual immorality. 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Okay, so that's why I'm saying this. Okay, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. We are born again. Jesus said in John 3, you know, unless you are born again by the spirit, we are born again by the spirit. You have to be born again of water and of the spirit. And I think when you are born again, this is what happens, okay? I can't explain it to you. I can't tell you when it happened. I'm very sure it doesn't take a sinner's prayer. I think God is just waiting for anybody to believe like that, like that. They might have believed and not even known they're a Christian, okay? I don't think it's a really difficult thing. I don't think you have to, you know, you have to understand every aspect of Scripture. I I think it's just you believe. You can know. Some people are dramatically born again. I think it's the point. I mean, I was discussing with with Irvin, and Irvin disagreed. Irvin disagrees with me as well. (laughs) But I thought, for example, in the... I disagree with you. ...parable of of the (laughs) prodigal son, I think that he was born again at the point he realized, while he was with pigs, while he realized... Oh, there's my father's house. Although his theology and his belief yeah. all were wrong, yeah, but yeah, he yeah, yeah. realized, okay, and there, and I discussed an Irvin, and Irvin said, no, actually, the moment is when he comes back home, and I thought, you know, actually, this is the point. And from this on, the whole story, it, it's like yeah. the point where the story turns, mm. where instead yeah. of running away, yeah. then it's running. And that's what repentance is. It's a turn. It's a just like, I'm not doing it my way anymore. I'm just... So I don't want to make, there's, there's massive theologies. We used to watch this video a few years ago about, a, he's a missionary in um, South America and he gives this story of his wife being a missionary for 14 years with him, born a, <coughs> born a Christian and whatever. And she got born again 14 years later after they'd been in ministry. I, I used to believe that story and thought it was an amazing story. I don't think that's the case. Some people make a big deal about when are you born again? It has to be an amazing event. You have to know it and whatever. And I don't believe that. But I do believe you need faith. You need to believe. What that believing looks like, I don't think is the big hurdles that we've thought it is. I don't think it's you've got to say the sinner's prayer. I don't think it's you've got to come to church. I don't think it's it's any of those things. I think it's just sometimes it's God, if you're there, can you please help me? I think it, I don't think it's like having your theology of Jesus right or, or whatever. I just think there is a point where you come to God and... You know, you, you recognise that you really need God and and I think I think it does have to do about with Jesus. You have to know you know, you have to know about Jesus but <laughs> my experience confusing me. Well, that's the problem, our experience does confuse but your experience is tainted with what the church tells you. No, but I say it's my yeah. experience is the opposite of what was taught. Yeah. Because I was taught that once you believe born again. Well I agree with that. Which is what I've always believed. Yeah. But yeah. I believed my whole life, and it was only when I had that experience in the back that mm. I was truly awakened spiritually to God. So I was like, was that when I was born again or not? That's what I don't get. Well, I don't think it matters, really. 
Except I think that's this is where Irving would really probably say to you, because Irving believes that it's when you come into an understanding well, that's that that's when you really start to live. Yeah. Not that I believe what they believe, because I still mm. Yeah, but what I, what, what I want to kind of get to the point of saying is, um, I don't think we can say, well, this is this and this is this and this is this and this is when it happens. What I think is important is to say is that this becomes our reality. Mm-hmm. And this is the reality that we live in. I don't yet feel convinced from scripture that if you don't believe that this is your reality. Okay. This is nothing to do with forgiveness of sin. Okay. It's nothing to do with God reconciling you back to him. It's nothing to do with being a son of God or anything. It's to do with our present reality. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not saying God hasn't forgiven people. He has. He forgave them all. Um, what I'm saying is that for those of us who believe, this is our present reality. Okay. And why I want to talk about this is to explain why we struggle quite a lot. And why we struggle... So this is our present reality. This is what I'm trying to say to you. Okay. Yeah, because a lot of people teach that we're not born again, we're not forgiven. Yeah. So the point is, we're not born again and be forgiven. Well, you are forgiven and yeah. God loves you and you are a son of God. Yeah. Yeah. You might not know it, but From the very you might not live in the benefit of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so the problem we have is that... Um, so this is our reality. This is my reality, and this is what we teach in New Creation Reality. You are born again of the Spirit of God. You are inextricably co-united, joined to God. You can't be separated. So I, I don't believe you can lose your salvation. I just think once this has happened, you can't lose your salvation because it doesn't matter if you sin, you can't sin your salvation away. I do believe there probably is a point where if you decide you want to reject God and you hate him and you're never going to love him and whatever you do and even when you see him you just hate him and despise him, God is not going to drag you kicking and screaming into all the blessing he has for you if you don't want that, okay? You can choose not to do that. But um, so, So this is our present reality and I think this happens when you believe because you have to have faith and it's the same as forgiveness of sin. You see, our sin is all forgiven but for those who do not believe, the benefit of their forgiven sin is not of any benefit to them because they don't live knowing that they are righteous. So there is something about faith that, that, that enables the benefit that causes us to live in the reality. It doesn't mean to say it's not a reality. It's just you. God made it that we believe that it's by faith. So we are saved by grace through faith. So God has, the grace of God has come to all men. But not all men live in the benefit of the grace of God. It's only those who believe. Not because there's a great, you know, there's a great exam, you know, that you have to pass of proving your faith. It's just, sorry about it. But God's, God's way of dealing is by faith. That's how he does it. Because he's spirit and spirit is, and faith. Spirit is not about body and soul. Faith is not about body and soul. It's about spirit. So, so actually in reality now, what we are is God's spirit and our spirit joined. We are one spirit with the Lord. So that's why we are seated in heavenly places. It's why 
we are the same as Jesus. It's, you know, it's why we have all the, that's why we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because we are spirit, it's completely, utterly perfect. It is the spirit of God in, his, in effect. That's not saying we are God, but. Well, I think it's better than the Eden state. But yes, how we were created to be. What do you think? Oh, right, I get it. What, what happened? I mean, the, even the little thought, no, on the left side, the yeah. little spirit yeah. is spirit, but it's the spirit of man. Yeah. What happens to the spirit of man the moment we're linked to? It gets like this, inseparable, co-united, all those words that we learn in New Creation Week. But made still, perfect. It's, it's still there. Yeah. We're made perfect. We are the righteous. We are righteous. We are. It's all of those things that we are. Well, I think the problem is now because we are in in Jesus. Before it was man, man with. We're better off because Jesus has won the victory already. We can't fall because we're in Jesus. Whereas they could, and they did. So we're actually better off, I believe. Because, because rather than it being left to man, it's now left to Jesus. We're, we're one with him. We are in Christ. So we're much better off, I think, than we were originally, in a way. I think before we, I think spiritual, uh, the death that we died was something, it was a spiritual event, but yeah, I can't quite. So, <laughs> this is where our problem lies, and this is where a lot of the scriptures make sense, okay. So, you know, 1 John tells us, you are sinless, he who has Christ cannot sin. And you think, uh, <laughs> yes I can. But what, what those scriptures are saying is, this part of man is absolutely, completely perfect. This, this part, which actually is, I'm not saying God isn't bothered about your body and soul, he is, but this is where God is relating to us, okay? Well, yeah, we're not sure about the soul, but yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not, but, uh, but in a way, I kind of hope our soul will change in <laughs> eternal life. I think we'll have our characters, but I hope we won't have our mood swings and whatever else. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that's a body, so you'll be all right. <laughs> so a lot of the scriptures talk about, you know, you're perfect, you're made perfect, and it's absolutely true. We are sinless, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, our sin is forgiven, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you shouldn't say blah, blah, blah. It's wonderful, right? It's wonderful. But all of those scriptures that we, that we meditate on and love and whatever, that is talking about our spiritual reality. But we know that our body and soul reality can look far different from what we believe, right? We can sin, we can get angry, we can do all of these things. And, and the reason we do that is because of this. Because we have a habit of living which is here. This is our habit of living. Well, something bad happened so I'm going to be upset. Uh, you did that, I'm going to be angry at you. And, and we, our bodies learn a habit. And we're taught habits. 
we're taught family habits, we're taught habits by school, we're taught habits by our society, we're taught all sorts of habits. And it becomes life, and they're not always bad habits, some of the habits are good, you know, we behave ourselves, we, you know, we uh, conduct ourselves properly and, and stuff like that. But it's, it's all a kind of habit of the body and soul. And for some reason, when we are born again, although some people have a massive experience and stop smoking and stop drinking and stop swearing and get a dramatic conversion and ah, that is fantastic and that's why I believe something happens when you're born again because the amazing dramatic change you see in people yeah. cannot just be oh I've realized that I'm righteous and whatever it, it can't be a mind thing it has to be something happens I mean I, I don't know something happened to me when I was born again it, something changed and it wasn't a mental ascent it wasn't a I changed and um, some people don't have that experience, but I don't think that alters the fact that, that we change. But somehow, in God's system, we don't automatically... Our, our body and our soul remains as it was, generally. Now, some people's bodies get instantly healed. Some people's bodies instantly stop smoking, instantly stop... I, I've got a friend of mine who was like... I had a lady in every port. He travelled, had a lady in every port. He got however many stacks of hidden pornography on his computer and he got born again and he just like, that's disgusting and threw it all away. I mean, like that. Nobody had to say to him, you know, this is terrible. The Bible says you can't do that. It's just like, I, I don't want to do it. That's awful. You know, he kind of spoke to his wife, confessed it the whole lot and they're living you know, really much happily ever after than they were. And you think, wow, that is amazing. So there are some instant changes. But what we have to do, I think, is learn to live in the Spirit. And that's why you read all this stuff in the Bible about live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Don't live according to the flesh. And this is what the flesh is, I think. It does make sense. So as a Christian, you can live in the flesh. doesn't mean to say that you are going to hell whatever hell is, if it is, doesn't mean to say that God doesn't love you, doesn't mean to say your sin isn't forgiven, but you can have this spiritual existence and live like this. You don't want to live in the body, it's miserable, I know, it's miserable. It is, it does, you're right, and that's what our life is and life abundantly is. It's not this, it's this, and that's why Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit go on can you start at the beginning <laughs> you just sung them um, fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace patience, goodness, kindness gentleness and self-control yeah it's um, one of the kids songs I've got what? patience patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness self-control <laughs> how I get my kids to remember them, you just sing it and then they... they yeah, it's a brilliant, them. it's brilliant to right. sing. They know loads of Bible scripture, just because Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, in the old days... They've got fruit of the flesh, which is... There is fruit of the flesh, yes, you're right. <gasps> the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the great thing about fruit is fruit, Heidi Baker's famous quote, fruit happens, it happens, right? Fruit happens. You don't make fruit, you don't knit it, you don't try your hardest, you don't anything. Fruit happens. It, you bear fruit in your life. 
and you can't help it. And uh, so we've spent lots and lots of times telling Christians, right, okay, this is how you live, you have to love, you have to be joyful, you have to have peace, you have to be patient, good, be good, be good, be good, be kind, be self-control. If you have more self-control, then you're living by the Spirit. If you have more good, you're living by the Spirit. So we taught it entirely the wrong way. It's the other way around. So what does this look like? What does this inner you look like? Looks like this. So this is who you really are. Looks like what? A bonfire. Come on. A tapeworm. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a tapeworm. It is a tapeworm. <laughs> That's supposed to show intertwined, inseparable, <laughs> not infested. <laughs> Which is why we actually have no excuse. Which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's a great and wonderful thing. And honestly, this helped me massively. Because I used to pray, God, can you please, please, please give me more love for that person. Please give me more love. Give me more love. And I'd spend forever trying to get more love. And it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. You just spend your life in complete anxiety. And people say, you know, well, I just don't have any self-control. It's just not who I am. I don't have self-control. I've got a friend who hasn't got any self-control. And I tell him that's his statement of life. But that is a real lie. Because the fact of the matter is you have as much of this as you are ever going to get. You cannot get any more. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> you can't get any more loving. You can't, you just can't. There's no, there's, God can't give you any more. He can't give you any more joy. He can't give you any more peace or patience or goodness or kindness or self-control. So the amazing thing is you have it all. Which is why uh, he has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. Not half the things you need and then you work for the other half. He's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Problem is, we can still live here. So despite the fact that this looks like this, and it also looks like this, it also is faith because it is the faith of the Spirit of God. The faith of God is his faith. You don't have to live in it. You can live in this. If you want to. <laughs> but if you live in this, you will bear fruit from this. Because fruit happens. And it doesn't mean to say you're not saved. It doesn't mean to say you're not, you know, you're not loved, forgiven, eternally joined with God, perfectly accepted as son of God. But there is, there is a part. We can live pretty miserable lives being saved and we can live in death in life if we want to because we can choose this and the real problem we have is this is what we're taught this is what we learn and this is what we but that's why I think a lot in Ephesians Paul says put on Christ be who you really are live in the reality of who you really are and that's what I think that means it doesn't mean try and be better try and be good try and have more joy try it means this really is who you really are and live in that reality of who you really are. Live in the spirit. Live out of this reality of who you are. It's not to say God doesn't love your body and love your soul. And it doesn't mean to say that he didn't create great things in you and you don't have a great mind or a great... It doesn't mean to say he doesn't care about the emotion. But if that is the focus of your life, if that is where you abide, then you are going to bear fruit of that, which will have some good and some bad. 
Whereas if you're abiding here, if this is where you're dwelling, if this is where your focus of your life is, living in the faith that God has given you, which says, well, I do see this, but I'm not going to live in the reality of what I see because there is a higher reality. Yes, it's true what I see, but that's not the reality that I see. So I see lack of self-control in my life, but that isn't who I am. That's not who God made me to be. And I don't know how it happens, but something happens that when you kind of give up trying to do it here, the fruit bears and you have it already so you're not trying to get it anymore you have the fullness now I, I'm really happy for somebody to scripturally convince me that everybody lives in this state but I don't know that everybody does I don't know that everybody is born again of the spirit of God Okay, if you want to convince me in your Bibles I'd love to be convinced because that would kind of be nicer but I think people who are not living out of the spirit of God they can be good and kind and loving and patient and there's some lovely 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 people who do some lovely things because that can come from here but I think it becomes we live a much better life and that's why we have good news not better in eyes of God we are given this gift of life and that's the good news we have you can have life you can have this existence that is is a reality Yeah, I think this is when you're born again, this happens. But then you receive a power and an empowering of the Spirit. Which was continuous. It said, be continually filled. Yeah, which is what they prayed for. And that obviously had an external manifestation that gave them boldness and power. And and they loved it. And that's why they went around saying, have you, have you had it? Have you had it? You know, it's not, if you haven't had it, you're not a Christian. It was just like, this is great. It, there's more. There's another. Uh, there's another existence. I'm quite happy to uh, accept, which would probably be more of Irvin's view, okay, if you talk to Irvin about it, that this is everybody's reality, but until you know it, you can't live in it, okay? But that's splitting hairs, okay? No, it's not. It is, because I, I, it, that, it clearly says to those who believe, to those who believe. There's a lot of scriptures about those who believe, you see. And I'm not trying to say that, oh, great, where I've got a Christian elite here. In the eyes of God, we are equal because we're all forgiven. We're all sons. We're all loved. And we're all the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But as human beings, we can live life on earth now like this. Yes. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were asking a question. Oh, definitely. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, splitting hairs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can either swim with a river or a tent. If you know, yeah. Somebody says, actually, go this way. This is more. The book of one John, one, yeah, one John. The book of one John. It seems that is written. And, and basically what it's saying is this is how you know that you're born again of the Spirit of God. That's the kind of, of 
that's what he's writing in the book. This is that you know. This is we write this so that you know. So I, I don't. I, I'm not going to get into a big theology of right. You have to prove that you're born again of the Spirit of God at all. Uh, but when you read one John, it's quite a difficult book sometimes because you think, you know, he who is with Christ is without sin, and you think, I can't have Christ then because I've got sin. That's right. That's right. You get you tie yourself in absolute knots, and you really can. It says, you know. Um, because you can start persuading yourself you're not born again of the Spirit. Because what you look at the effects and then say, well, I don't have the effects, therefore I'm not born of the Spirit. And it's not that way around. It is we are born of the Spirit and then the fruit is is born. And um, there's just quite a lot of... If you read 1 John in that, in that understanding, I mean, it's just a great book. Um, so no, he says things like, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And you think, ah, you know, and, and you, if you're not careful, you, you think, well, I, I, I walked in darkness, therefore I'm a liar, therefore I'm not. And I think if, you, if you're not careful with this book, you, you can read it from the wrong way around and get really tied up. And that's where people say, I can't be born again. I've not got the spirit of God. And and I think if you look at it from the other point of view and, and say, no, this is who I really am. This is what happened. And there's nothing I can do about that anymore. It happened. I can reject God. I can never go to church ever again. I can choose to live in sin. But I can't change the fact that I have inside me the reality of this life of God and the fullness of God. And I can live with that inside me and still live a life of the body and soul and I can suppress it and not live in it and I will look like anybody else. Or I can say, no, this is the source of life. Life is this life of God in me and that's where abundant life comes. And, and you need faith, but faith isn't working it up and faith is, the act of faith says, you know what, I have all the love I'm ever going to need. That's faith. That's what faith is because that is agreeing with what God has already said. Whereas, God, 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 please give me more faith. Please give me more faith. You might think that's faith. Please give me more love. Please give me more love. That's actually not really a prayer of faith. That's a prayer of unbelief saying, yeah, it's not biblical. So, so faith, we get worried about it because we've kind of been taught that faith is this you know, difficult thing and some people have got it and some people haven't got it. But it's, it's almost like a surrender. It's a submission to the reality of what God has done and who he's made you to be. And if I'm not completely loving somebody, that's because I'm not living in the reality of who he is in me. And somehow there's a bit of my body and soul that is getting, getting away from the reality of who I really am. It's just not who I really am. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.